0: Hello and good morning. Hey, it's David Baldacci. David, how are you doing today, guy? Good, how are you? Absolutely fantastic. An- anxious to talk about The Edge, because this, what is it about you that every book gets better and better and better? Is it because we know you more and more and more?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I try hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yet when I'm reading, you don't make it look like you tried hard, because we're experiencing it as if it's happening in the moment of now. You design very good pictures in our imaginations.
1: It's very important. I do try to write visually because I, I think that has a more powerful impact on people.
0: This book cover, I'm telling you what, man. I mean, if you don't turn this into a poster and get us you know, the, the opportunity to put it on the wall, because somebody standing on the cliff like that, to me, is a representation of our everyday life. And now you're going to write about it with The Edge.
1: It, it absolutely. Well, we're only like a few steps from peril every, all, every minute of every day. It seems like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When the book came to you, did did you have it already landscaped out, or do you build it one one chapter at a time?
1: I really, I, I build it. I, I'll have to tell you, this one had some fits and starts. I wrote. I had him in a different role in a, in a certain geographic place and I wrote about 25 pages and I just wasn't feeling it I didn't feel like I had enough there that would keep my interest so I chucked those pages then I put him in a different location that gave him a different role and I wrote a hundred pages and I thought it's just not working for me again I was getting a little frustrated so I chucked those pages and I, I stepped away for like a couple of weeks just to think about this and I thought you know I like the role I had in, in the first place, but I like the geographic location in yeah. the second place. So I sort of merged those two together. And as soon as I did, it clicked, and I probably wrote the first draft in maybe seven weeks. And But sometimes that's what it takes.
0: Oh, my God. That, talk about personal uh, discipline because, I mean, to be able to put 100 pages down and then walk away for a little bit to decide. Because, I mean, the, the frustrations as a creative as it is, like when I'm creating new podcasts and things, it comes to me. And if I can't find that voice, I have to have the guts and the courage to set it aside and come back a different day.
1: You do, because you feel like, oh, my God, I'm wasting all of that material. But then you have to realize that you're going to just keep wasting time, which is even more valuable than the material. So it's able to cut, cut your losses and move on, because what do you want to do? is get to the point where you feel energized and crystallized and motivated about we're either building a podcast or, or a book, because if you don't, you're going to keep running into the same problem.
0: When you because you've got you've got readers that, that, that are very familiar with the 620 man. When you create a series like this, continuity has got to be a real struggle or is it?
1: Well, um, particularly if you have multiple, multiple books, it is. And so if I start a a novel like with Amos Decker, The Memory Man, or any of the others, I tend to go back um, to the Previous book, check through it. Or if I'm writing something in, in the new book that I'm not quite sure whether it's actually the continuity is good um, and it's consistent with what I've written before, I'll go back and read the other books and material and, and just dig through it because I don't I don't want to make mistakes that way. Right. Readers don't like that, and I don't either.
0: Yeah. So, like when when you're putting a book together, do you go through what I call a fermenting stage? In other words, I I will allow a chapter to sit by itself for a couple of weeks and then I go back as the reader to find out if I'm feeling what I, what I was when I was putting it on the on the computer
1: yeah you can I go through those emotional I call them emotional tests all the time mm-hmm. if it's actually sticking with me um, if it's material that I feel good about that also allows me um, other ways to extrapolate out from the story subplots plot lines different characters peripherals um, and if it's not all there then I have to go back sort of to the square one and sort of figure this out but as you go along you're not going to know every plot device every plot point every subplot when you first start out that's going to evolve organically as you drill into the story I in the middle of writing the third uh, 620 man series right oh now God. and i'm going i'm going through all of those things again
0: <laughs> see that's a part of the story that 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 readers and listeners don't understand is that 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 struggle to find the right paragraph and the right scenes because when what i what i get is that like when you keep us guessing as readers you had to guess first before we even got there
1: i had to go through every every mind uh you know, gymna- mental gymnastics that you did and more, because I had to go through ones that people probably would never even think of, but I had to because I have to sort of think of the total sum of the universe as what people would sort of glean from what I'm writing some people will, most people won't, but I have to go through those steps in order to make sure that it's all going to work out at the end.
0: Do you have to have a, a relationship with what I call stream thinking? In other words, what, what, what's happening in the moment of now, when it lands on the paper it's like, okay, let it, let it stay there, but I'm going to come back and I'm going to straighten it out
1: absolutely I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get everything dead solid perfect right. as I go through it what I have to do is get into a structure that I can then go back uh, and fix and finesse and you know make sure that it's malleable and I've built flexibility into the story so I'm not hardwired into a certain corner that I can't get out of so I always like I'm, I'm like the Nsa I allow back doors into everything
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. do you defrag <laughs> afterwards though because I mean when you get so emotionally involved with your artwork I mean I've got to sit down and I've got to ask myself questions and then question answers to find out if, if i'm really in the game or to find out what do i need to do to make that scene better
1: i, I do that all the time i'm always challenging myself because I, I feel like every scene can be better every word can be better um everything that i write can yep. be better and it's and, the, and people ask so look, you've written so many books now, must get easier i said no it, it gets harder and they say why i said because i know i know how close Perfection can be if you just work a little bit harder, you know. After all these books, so then that's that's my that's my test. That's you know what I'm the goal I'm shooting for. I'm never going to hit it, but I do know that if you work just a little bit harder, a little bit harder, it can be so much better.
0: That's so true. My master in martial arts, he used to tell us all the time. He says, "You know what the difference is between good and great? About this much. I need great."
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's exactly right.
0: <laughs> so I, I just did a show on iHeartRadio just recently about because. It's about writers and trying to get them to understand that they've got to plant their words someplace and come back to them like these musicians do with guitar riffs and song lyrics. Where is your place of planting your thoughts so you can get back to it easily?
1: I so it's not a physical place it's a mental place Um, I can write anywhere I'm a plain strange and automobile kind of guy so I don't need the same desk and the same pen and everything around me being perfect to write if I'm in the zone in my head I can write in the middle I I, a little deli near my office in Northern Virginia it's a Greek deli I go there all the time I go there so often they put a plaque up at the table that I sit at saying David Baldacci's remote office (laughs) 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 And, and I can sit there in the middle of you know 50 people eating lunch and talking and clattering and all that and feel like I'm all alone in the whole world and I've written some of my best stuff sitting at that little table. So if you're right in your head and it's crystallized and you're in the zone, uh, it's just you and your material in front of you and nobody else.
0: Oh, but I get so embarrassed. though when people say I was talking to you, oh, I'm so sorry. My mind, I swear it's just, you know me, I'm going to go someplace else for just a little bit. So, you know, thanks for bringing me back.
1: Yes, no, I, it, that, we're at parties and stuff, and I'm sitting there staring off in a corner. People go to my wife and say, David had a stroke? And she goes, no, he's finishing a chapter. Give him 10 minutes. He'll be back. And she goes, by the way, I need another glass of wine. Thank you.
0: <laughs> hey, speaking of wine, do you ever have wine glass moments where you go in there with a glass of wine, and because you're a little bit, you know, you, know, you got the wine is doing its thing, but you, you, you rewrite a scene just because you're challenging yourself to, 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 you know, to do something different? Yeah,
1: you know, in stimulus is like that and the brain is the brain. So you inject some different chemicals into it and you kinda of come out with a different result. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you ever get out and play pickleball or anything, or is it all about the writing?
1: I played pickleball. Yeah, I, I was a tennis player growing up and I love tennis and my wife and I have transitioned to pickleball recently. I like it. It's a lot easier, you know, you don't have to run as far. It's easier on the knees and all that. And um so yeah, it's it's enjoyable. I, I love the outdoors. I, I I work out every day I stretch every day the older you get the more you have to stretch and keep so your true. range of motion and I love the water you know I sail and motorboat and ski and paddleboard and all that stuff so that's uh, that's meditation for me
0: oh so when is there going to be a book about you in fact I've always wanted I've always tried to figure out if you are planting any Easter eggs inside your books in the way that this is really you and, but, but you've given that person a different name
1: okay so you will find out next april oh. <laughs> um and it's it, it's a it's a book i've been working on for almost 15 years wow um it's called a calamity of souls and it's it's a courtroom drama set in 1968 in virginia and it's it's about how i grew up where i grew up and what i was thinking about while i was growing up in the world in 1968 with a lot of parallels to the world today um, and so you will sort of see far more of me than you've ever seen in any of my other books. It's If I remember for any book, it'll be for this one. Wow. And uh, I just felt like I needed to write it after all this time. And I I have never written worked on a book that long in my life. And um, everybody's very excited about it. And um, it's called A Calamity of Souls. And I think it's, it's a book that we need to read in this country now and um if we want to move forward in a positive way
0: oh speaking of positive you and your wife with your foundations my god you guys are so giving with your hearts
1: we you know it's important we've you know we've we've done a lot with literacy with our wish you well foundation we've um done endowment scholarships at my university and we didn't want our name on a building so what we did we put a lot of money in and we said here's what we're going to do we're going to have this what's called experiential scholarships. so students in the university um, can uh, submit an application saying here's where I want to go in the world and here's the good that I want to do there Um, and so uh, we've had students hundreds of students go through the program over the last four years they've traveled to 30 different countries helped people there done great things there come back written about it talked about it and uh, For many of them, it's changed the trajectory of their lives. They they decided to do something different with their lives. We wanted to empower young people to do positive things in the world. And and we have lots of programs and myriad ideas of how we're going to keep doing that in the future. Everything from my university days to my law school days to the Wish You Well Foundation. Uh, We can make a positive impact, and we're just going to keep going.
0: We need it. We need it. And we need people like yourself to step out and say, hey, look, we, we can make this happen. we just got to work together as a community
1: we do. You know, work together as a community, work together as a country. You know, I know people feel like we are divided 50-50, but most Americans agree on a lot of fundamental principles, and we are united in many ways, and we just have to show it better, and we have to move forward in a positive way, because we've got a great thing going here, and it's worth fighting for.
0: And you know, one of the things that I, that I truly believe, it, it's got to come from the writers as well, such as yourself. You've got to be able to come out with your words and your points of direction, because the conversation has to start somewhere. Even if it's in a book, it's still going to start the conversation.
1: I totally agree with you on that and uh, books, you know, I, 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 um, some other authors and I have banded together to help push back against book banning. I was on the Ali Velshi show on MSNBC talking about book banning, particularly in Florida. And, um, you know, books saved my life. I grew, I grew up in Jim Crow America where the world was totally segregated and I, I books and libraries saved my, my life, my world. It made me who I am today, which is a far better person than I might have turned out, but for books and, and reading in my life. And, you know, I talk about it. What's the point of having, people want to have books that are vanilla, that don't challenge anybody, don't make anybody uncomfortable. What's the point? Of vanilla. If every book is vanilla, what's the point of yeah. having books? Books are supposed to make you uncomfortable. Books are supposed to challenge you. Books have changed the world in really positive ways, and will continue to do so. So, um, you know, you you go against books at your at, at your peril, because books really are what makes us human.
0: Yep. 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 So, as that author, I mean, every author tells me that they they love they got into writing books because they love reading. What what is your genre? Are are you like The, the Edge?
1: I read everything. Good so for right you. now I'll tell, I'm, I'm reading a biography right now of Sheila Johnson, founder of BET. I met her out in Arizona. Wonderful person. I'm reading a, uh, a book on oceanography by another author that I met, Susan Casey, about the underworld. We know about Mar. We know more about Mars than we do about the Pacific Ocean. Yep. Um, it was just a fascinating. So I, I say that to say that I read everything. I want to. I read books to enlighten myself, to entertain myself, to inform myself, and to make myself a better person. So every time I pick up a book, I'm, I know I'm going to learn something and just something that is just a truly wonderful thing and, and quite frankly more people read books and had higher reading skills guess what would happen the crime rate would plummet the That's poverty right. rate would plummet hunger would go away homelessness would go away most of our social ills would be solved just from the fact of opening up a book
0: so do you ever just go to dictionary.com and look up a word just to see if we're using it right
1: i do i yeah, no, mean yes 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 you know, you got to use all the tools. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm humble enough to know that I don't know every word in the definition thereof. So there we go.
0: <laughs> I love it. Where can people go to find out more about you, David?
1: They can go to davidbaldacci.com, and that's tied to all my social media platforms. And people tell me I can't live without, but somehow I do. <laughs> so I, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and that uh, that thing formerly known as Twitter. So, uh, and you can also go to my my foundation's wishyouallfoundation.org, that'll tell you more about the foundation as well.
0: I love it. Please come back to the show any time in the future. You know the door is always going to be open for you.
1: We'll do. We will talk again. I look forward to it. All right. next April we'll do it.
0: You bet. you would be brilliant today. Okay.
1: Okay. Thank you very much.